2021. No, not the new year. That is how much we have left in our accounts after a Clemson loss to Ohio State. Hi, I'm Joel Walkowski here for the Props Network, and it is the Friday. Wait, it's the Saturday NFL player prop drop here on the only gambling outlet that matters. And we do have the asterisk to be to matter as a gambling outfit. Your CEO needs to be tall enough to ride a roller coaster. I don't make the rules, but it's been a great year of doing player props. I had probably my greatest fantasy football moment of all time. And here to go through the slate of a spooky week 17 is one of the best stretch fours in comedy basketball. A man who works for the best sports media institutions in this great nation. The 52 yard man, 52 yard Steve Clark. Yo, what's up, Joel? Hey, you look like a longshore fisherman today. <laughs> You're looking great. You know, 2020, it's a new year. I'm uh, I'm growing out the facial hair. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I would never. It's going to look like a true son of Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't it feel great that we're in 2021 and all of the problems of 2020 are gone? Yeah, I mean, the Lions, uh, oh, no, wait, the Lions are still bad. I, I don't see any <laughs> difference going on, Steve. The hospitals are still overwhelmed. I'm still going 55% on my bets, exactly. That's good, though. The biggest problem in, in this world right now is that ne- no matter what, I have $650 left in my account at the end of every NFL week. <laughs> Same amount four weeks in a row. It's been crazy. Okay. I mean, as long as it's not going down. No, no matter what, I always get up in the one o'clock slate and then I, I do a lot of silly things because, oh, I'll be up either way. And then I stay right put at 650. Yeah, I've typically been way better at one o'clock than I am at the rest of the day. Prime time, I've been terrible. So it's been a weird, weird NFL season. This week's going to be super weird because of all the people sitting. Yes, it's going to be really super weird. I don't know if you have an order of importance for this game. I have it kind of random on my end. Oh, me too. But before we get into it, I did have the introduction line. People ask, uh, why do I call him 52 yards, Steve Clark? Well, um, he is actually 156 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this. I'm in a giant room right now. Yeah, you know that Lena Dunham film, Tiny Furniture? He's placed the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the tallest man alive. Yeah, that's why you, you he's wearing the hat today. He's got to hide all the, where the the cranes pick him up from the snow, <laughs> where the satellites give him their signals. So let's have a little fun. No Lena Dunham on props drop. Okay, sorry. Um. He looks like a Miranda July character. we got to have that (laughs) Brooklyn reference. So I have roughly 10 props. I don't think all are going to make it today, but um, do you want to get it started this week? For sure. It was a tough week to find props, I think because a lot of the odds makers out there didn't want to be taken advantage of by putting up like a starting quarterbacks over under and then having that starting quarterback only play a half. So there was, it was hard to find some props. The important thing was to look for games that actually mattered in a lot of cases. So my first one is from a game that actually matters, Giants-Cowboys. I have Daniel Jones over 209.5 passing yards, the minus 115. I thought this number was pretty low for a game that's going to be very competitive. 
And for some reason, there's this misconception that the Cowboys have a good pass defense. And it's because they have the second least amount of pass attempts against them in the NFL. So their number looks deflated. But in actuality, they give up seven yards per pass attempt, which is like a bottom 10 number in the NFL. So if the Giants throw the ball 30 or 5, 40 times, which they might because it's going to be a competitive back and forth game, I think Daniel Jones hits the over 209.5 pretty easily. And I had this same line written down for the same exact reasons you specified. The Cowboys, yeah, they've shown some character in a couple games, maybe against Minnesota earlier this this year, maybe Zeke Elliott coming back. But in all of these games, the past events had nothing to do with them. Right. So maybe this number is low because the Giants' past catchers leave a little bit to be desired. But if we look at the weather report, it's going to be gorgeous, I believe, on the East Coast on Sunday. It's going to be 60 degrees, maybe a little bit of rain, but Daniel Jones should be in his comfort zone. Yeah, I agree. And again, you know, maybe this line, maybe Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback of the future. Maybe he has problems and they should seriously consider taking one of the, you know, now that I'm studying, I really like four quarterbacks in this draft. Maybe they should move on. But Daniel Jones, he's the ultimate lame duck guy. But even for a lame duck like Daniel, 209 is a very low number. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is a playoff game for them. They lose the route. If they win, they could be in. So, yeah. And. And they, they, the NFL did a good job spacing this out. I do think yeah. that I think Washington's winning on Sunday night. I feel pretty yeah. good about that. I think the Philly injury report told me this is not going to be one of these spry performances where you upset the divisional leader. Like right. those guys are packed for Mexico right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but it's still it is fun that they made this game like a one o'clock game, I think. So you have all day the Giants or the Cowboys have all day to think that they're going to the playoffs until nighttime when it gets spoiled for them. Yeah, if the Giants win this game, I'm driving to New Jersey, and I'm just going to hang out near 7-Eleven counters and listen to those conversations for the most important <laughs> base in sports. And like being an NFL fan, a lot of people, they will trash talk, oh, Patriots fans. And if older people, they'll go, oh, Steelers fans or Niners fans. And you know what? Being here on the East Coast for the past 10 years, Cowboys fans, Giants fans, they've got no connection to reality, and it's going to be really fun to see one of these fan bases tortured for about seven hours on Sunday. Yeah. This will be the first time I'm cheering for the Cowboys to win the division because I have a future on them that would have hit if Dak wouldn't have got hurt, but there's still a small chance that they win the division. And if you are the Dallas Cowboys and you are evaluating the quarterback position, how much weight do you give the fact that your quarterback made a a commercial about coming back from injury? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to see a, you know, you're giving him the franchise tag next year. You know, he's asked you for $200 million. Maybe complete the rehab before making a commercial using yeah. the rehab. It's crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> And okay, so I have this. Uh, my favorite line of the week is in this game, and I will give the caveat that you can absolutely make the case that it could be too high. 
But okay. Zeke Elliott, the rushing yards total here is 67.5. Out of every tailback in the league, who's fresher than Zeke Elliott right now? Yeah, exactly. Out of all the tailbacks in the league, who has more to play for than Zeke Elliott right now? Yep. He has ruined your fantasy season. He's coming back week 16 after he took you out. Now week 17, he is dancing on fantasy owners' graves. Yeah, I would. I would honestly, sixty-seven point five. That that implies to me that a hundred yards from Zeke will be at plus one fifty. Yeah, you might just want to go for that. So sprinkle that in a little. Yeah, I mean Zeke. No one's profile has fallen off more this season than Zeke Elliott, and he looked incredible last week. Yeah, he looked like normal Zeke last week. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's not Zeke Elliott. Maybe it's the fact that these running backs, it's not this kind of Earl Campbell, like, bruiser type. It's these Kamara and Dalvin Cooks have become more in vogue. Maybe Deke's a little bit left, you know, lost in the shuffle with his quarterback carousel being as it is, being as the Cowboys are trying to just force every receiver that piques their interest down our throats. But yeah, Zeke is a great Dallas Cowboy. He is the most talented running back I've seen for the Dallas Cowboys in my lifetime. And yeah, I expect him to give them a moment on Sunday. Yeah, I saw this number and I thought it was pretty low too. Um, Like if you can think of the beginning of the season and seeing Zeke at 67 and a half rushing yards, everyone and their mother would jump on it. And now he looks like the same guy from the beginning of the season. So yeah, I saw this number as low too. The Giants rush, rush defense is very good. I think that's why it's so low. Very good. And, you know, they are going to have to pass a little bit. Like, they're set up with Joe Judge, with their best defenders being Leonard Williams and Jabril Peppers. They hate when you play in the box, but Zeke's a versatile enough player where he can get you through just about any formation. Like, so many Lions games, like, they contained him for three quarters, and then they started giving him the Kareem Hunt treatment putting him out in all these weird spots in the formation and that's how he got us yeah and it was refreshing the last couple weeks to see him take over for tony pollard because there were like five weeks the season where tony pollard was getting 12 carries and the last week i think he got two so if he only gets two or three this week yeah zeke should get his share and you know i haven't really paid any attention to this i apologize if this doesn't set you up for success if you just generally don't know but How's the Cowboys line come along over the course of this season? I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're like detrimental. I think they were terrible when those injuries first happened. And now I think they've kind of solidified a bit, but they're not doing anyone any favors. Yeah. Cause I did notice like last few weeks, they're able to, they're able to throw down the field yeah. pretty well. And granted last week they got, Uh, the ultimate gift with Fletcher Cox going out. Like Mm -hmm. there is a dialogue around that game is like, Oh, okay. Um, the, the, the Eagles led, let off the Cowboys came back, but no, there is one unsung guy from Philadelphia. These past 10 years, we've heard so much about Peterson, so much about Foles. Hasn't it been Fletcher Cox, the guy who's been lifting up this franchise the entire time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is he out this week too? I believe he is. That's terrible. Okay, yeah. Man, Alex Smith is going to go off. He's going to throw 
go 25 for 35 for 175 yards just to go berserk on the Eagles. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will get to that. We're going to really celebrate that. There are some really great gambling opportunities on just the spreads I want to talk about at the end of this show. And spoiler alert, Washington is one of them. Yeah, I like them too. Okay, so let me delete my prop and I will return the floor to you. All right, I couldn't find a I couldn't find an exact number on this because of the fact that it's because of players out. Dalvin Cook is sitting out this week because of the death of his father. So Alexander Madison will be stepping in. Couldn't find a number for yards over under or the spread on him scoring a touchdown, but I would probably take both. Um, when Madison gets touches, he's extremely effective. He ran for 112 yards on 20 touches against the Seahawks in week five and 69 yards on 12 touches against the Lions in week nine, going against the Lions again in week 17. Lions rush defense is terrible. Terrible. Uh, really, really bad. They allow over 135 yards per game on the ground, and they've allowed 18 rushing touchdowns this season to running backs. Yeah, it's truly unfathomable numbers for the Lions rush defense and i think you know i've seen a lot of bad draft picks in my lifetime big mike williams 10th overall joey harrington third overall jelani tavai is the worst detroit Detroit lion of my lifetime (laughs) he's he's absolutely awful they picked him they picked an injury prone slow linebacker out of Hawaii in the second round two years ago when no one else had him graded before a third round pick. Classic. Slowest player in the in the NFL who start. Worst <laughs> tackler in the NFL. I mean, it's every week has been a sad amalgam of his highlights. And Lions fans, we don't really like to beat up on our players. We beat up on our coaches. We beat up on our front office, our owners. Tavai is has raised the ire. Something's going on with the way that front seven is developed in Detroit. You see Jamie Collins come in. Oh, we know this guy went to Cleveland before. He needs to be used in a certain way. It's why he was effective in New England and not Cleveland. We're using him like the Browns did. It's crazy. <laughs> Are the Lions getting all their coaches back this um, week? That's such an impossible question to even answer, Steve. At this point in the season. What constitutes being a coach for the Detroit Lions? We had our, we had the best secondary uh, special teams coordinator in football. First time that was ever true. He went rogue. He got fired. He'll probably be blackballed from the NFL for at least a decade. <laughs> special teams is the only thing that did anything on Sunday. Yeah, we have great special teams. And you know what happened? The, the special teams coordinator, he somehow gets it in his head that he's the guy who deserves the interim head coaching job, not Daryl Bevel, who's been a coordinator on a Super Bowl team. Um, he throws a hissy fit when Bevel gets the job. And then in Bevel's second week, he goes rogue with a fake punt that only two <laughs> players and the coordinator know it's a fake punt. He got fired. That's great. Love that. Yeah, at the very least, we do have the best punter in football, and we are going to need it. And I will, I will pull up Madison's previous games against when he got a lot of carries. 
you know, you got some two pretty convincing games against Seattle. He got 112 yards against Detroit. He got 70 yards on 12 carries. My only worry is October 18th, 10 carries for 26 yards against the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. That's my scare. Ooh, that was that was a sassy. Mm-hmm. You knew about that one, didn't you? Oh yeah, for sure. I had to, I had to, you know, cherry pick my stats. I ignored that one. It was hard this week. I yeah. <laughs> and he he is battling a concussion, but it, it's likely he will play this week. So and he's, I mean, yeah, he'll get a ton of carries. How much do I watch this game, Steve? You have to watch the whole thing. I have to watch. You've watched every other game. I've watched every snap of every other game, and this, it's the worst matchup on the slate by far. Are the Lions playing for anything in terms of draft position? Like, if they lose and a couple other teams win, do they move up? If we lose, we can be as high as third. If we win, we can be as low as 15th. Oh, my God. There's a lot of variants on the table, my friend. That's crazy. And you might see, depending on how they felt about Justin Fields last night, I think you could see some tanking. Yeah. Send Stafford to the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, send Stafford somewhere. He is done with that city. I think the writing's on the wall there. But let's move on. I'm going to do my Steve Clark impression, okay? So for the purposes of this, I've just watched 40 seasons of Survivor. I've just driven to a park in Florida, practice field goal. I'm not doing any research for these picks, but I'm just taking this one out of the ether because I'm Steve Clark. This is what I do. Jonathan Taylor over 81 and a half yards, minus 115. It's the Steve Clark guarantee. Steve Clark, I have that pick too. Of course you I've do. I've gone through it five weeks in a row, and it's hit every single time. It's the right pick. <laughs> it's the right pick. You can't argue it. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, late addition to the game for these rookie of the year cases. He might be the best. I mean, this rookie class as a whole, there were all these whispers in the NBA, too, about how hard it was going to be to develop these guys, how it was difficult for them to be find, find roles. Maybe these guys are better off if you just kind of roll out the ball, let them play a little bit, no? Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's so good. And the Jaguars are so bad. So it's the perfect comp- – the only thing I'm worried about is if, like, the Colts are scoreboard watching and they see that the Titans are losing or something, something weird like that. But I, I think – even by the third quarter, he should have 81 and a half rushing yards. Another thing is he's at 916 yards on the season right now. You know he wants 1,000. That's 84 and yards. What does 1,000 yards put him in? In He hits the player prop. Exactly. So I, I, I really like this pick. Yeah, I took Steve's pick. And if we go through the past few weeks, he would have destroyed it. He hits this mark. Every week since Thanksgiving, except for last week, in which he falls seven yards short. Jonathan Taylor, he's part of a pretty talented skill position running back room in Indianapolis. They're going to go off against Houston. Houston, they have absolutely nothing to play for. I'm sorry, Jacksonville. Yeah, they're 
not quite as bad as Houston on the run, but really he, they're the third worst against the run while Houston's, I think, the first worst. And here's my, I only, my only worry here is how kind of good the Jacksonville Jaguars were at times this season. Weird this, team. this was a professional tank job. <laughs> they could have won three games. This was a four-win team. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. They beat only Indianapolis in Indianapolis. In, in Jacksonville to start the season with the humidity. But a lot of these times, they got a good rushing attack going. They got a good quarterback play, and it only lasted for about two and a half quarters before things happened. Yep. And you um, know what? They they can win and still have the first pick, so maybe they actually try. And let's go through. This could likely be Phil Rivers' last game, and I've been a Phil Rivers fan his entire NFL career for some reason. It's been bad. <laughs> there is a very Phil Rivers ending to this game. Oh, yeah. Throwing four picks. Well, <laughs> there's also him throwing four touchdowns, them beating the pants off of the Jaguars, and still being on the outside looking in. Playoffs, yeah. What do they need to happen? They need the Titans to win, the Dolphins to win, and the Ravens to win? They need one of the teams in front of them to lose. To make it in. Yeah. Yeah, but if all of them win, which is a possibility, they're still sitting out. Yeah, it is a possibility. And wouldn't that be the ultimate Phil Rivers farewell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You do great, but... There's things, there's other people in in line in front of you. And that's been the story of Phil Rivers' career. Yeah. Everything you want, but not quite good enough. And um, I will just, uh, I'll pay some attention to the Mike Glennon over 232.5 yards in this game, just under garbage time considerations. For sure. Yeah. Man, that guy is bad at quarterback. Mike Glennon is bad at quarterback. And you know what? At the very least, you beat Russell Wilson out for a job at NC State. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Man, yeah, I love those stories. Who, who, yeah, I mean, if the Bears ever choose you to be their starting quarterback, I don't think you ever start another game in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's something about it. It ruins you. Yeah, they drafted by the Browns. But, you know, for all the journeymen quarterbacks who get trotted out and are forced to start a game who are very much irrelevant, Mike Glennon does have the best entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, who threw that touchdown? Mike Glennon. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's great. Yeah, it's a a five-star experience, Steve. It's week 17. You can't help what you're going to root for. Um, All right. I'm going to go with another backup running back for my next pick. Okay, backup running back. I think we have the same pick here. I'm taking Latavius Murray. Oh, okay. Over whatever his yards are. I couldn't find a number because Alvin Kamara just tested positive yesterday for coronavirus. Um, Man, that's what happens when you score six touchdowns and you go out and party. Or maybe that's why you score six touchdowns. Maybe that's why... Rudy Gobert is getting a max contract. Maybe that's why Kevin could be the NBA MVP so far. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, Panthers, they're playing against the Panthers. Their rush defense is terrible. They give up 4.9 yards per attempt on the ground to running backs. And we saw what the Saints did last week. They ran the ball 45 times. 
they're going to want to keep Breeze injury-free this game. They're going to hand the ball off a lot, and Latavius Murray will probably get almost all of those carries. So whatever his over is, like anywhere up to like 75, I'd probably take it. Yeah, and the the Panthers, they aren't in a position to improve their draft stock, really. So you're going to see their best best foot forward. They're a competent team. They're building things, and they have a terrible rush defense, but that's mostly because they've addressed the D-line. They've addressed the secondary, and there's such a big shadow looming over that Panther linebacker room because they've had good linebackers the entire franchise. Right. So they haven't done anything to address that. So, yeah, Latavius Murray, book the over. He is the number one offensive weapon on this team. Apologize, apologies to Jared Cook tomorrow. And I like that. Yeah, he's a good, I mean, he's great. He is great. He was great in Oakland. He never got his shine. Let me move my, I'm just getting a little bit of light here. Okay, we're we're a little bit better there, right? Yeah. Not so blown out. Maybe I'll raise it up a little bit, Sam. Sorry, Steve. Okay, so the floor is back to me. Yeah. And let me just point out that I'm going to stay with another backup running back. I'm going to go to Atlanta and Ito Smith over 34 and a half rushing game yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me take you through his split since he started getting carries at the beginning of December. 65 yards, 36 yards, 42, 24, 46. He's very solidly getting about an 800-yard-per-season clip. He's featured in this offense. Gurley can't run anymore. So, yeah, if he's going to be getting 12 carries, I think 34 and a half yards is pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's so... Todd Gurley's story is so weird this year. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, but you knew it was going to break out. Yeah. Like arthritis is the one thing that you can't really expect someone to come back from. That's a lifetime affliction. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I like this bet because Tampa is, we know what they are. We know they were a little bit too hot last week against Detroit, but Atlanta, they're playing for Raheem Moore. They kind of want him to get this job. We've seen them be surprisingly competent throughout the season, and a big part of that is letting your guys do their job, and that's kind of what Ito Smith has been giving in terms of opportunity this second half of the year in Atlanta. I just got an ESPN alert. Breaking news. You ready? Oh, no. Ito Smith out. No. Latavius Murray, Dwayne Washington, and Michael Burton, all the Saints running backs are out. Oh, wow. So maybe we'll see some Taysom Hill at running back the whole game. Maybe Taysom Hill will be thrown into a position he's actually qualified to play. Now I really like that. I I grabbed the Panthers at like plus eight or plus nine earlier in the week. And now I feel great about that. Uh, This is bad news for me, Steve. You already put in a bet on the Saints. Well, here's the deal. I have, in the 4 o'clock slate, I have the waterfall parlays. (laughs) What? Okay. So we know there's four teams in the afternoon slate that need to win, right? Right. Most most likely are Packers versus Bears Mm -hmm. and the Seahawks versus the Niners. The Niners have been in Arizona for... 
five weeks. They get to see their family immediately after the game. <laughs> I love those. Okay. So you tie those two together, right? That's right. Odds. And then there's a couple other teams that need to win. So I made that two-team parlay, but then I made a three-team parlay where I put included the Packers, the Seahawks, and then I threw in the Saints. And then my mistake was the fourth level of the waterfall is the Tennessee Titans. I should have put the Saints in there. Interesting. Yeah, you should have done the the Titans instead of the Saints for the three three leg. You mean? Yeah, I mean, I would love to have the Titans in two parlays and the Saints only in one, but that's ooh, that's been the NFL in COVID times. I just got burned bad by COVID in the bowl game slate with a Ball State who's just screwed me all year. They beat I, San Jose State. Ty Montgomery is going to be the running back. <laughs> Nothing's ever gone wrong when Ty Montgomery was the running back for a team trying to get in the playoffs. And it would have been so nice for me to see Dwayne the Rock Washington get <laughs> one week of the lion's share of carries. I loved that dude. He never got his run, and we saw Travis Fulgham go from Lions practice squad to NFL contributor. Given the right fit, I think Dwayne is right there behind you. I'm so interested now to see how Ty Montgomery does. Man, remember when he who was the who was a more of a reach as a first round fantasy running back? Ty Montgomery Montgomery three years ago or Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year? Probably Clyde. I think Ty at least gave you like decent production for most of the year. Yeah, fair. Clyde really fell off, really fell off. Yeah, but expectations were too high. He still has 1100 total yards from scrimmage on the season. Not bad. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just them bringing in Le'Veon Bell kind of threw off the whole trajectory. Like he could have been rookie of the year. Um, Absolutely. So I think the floor returns to me. Yes. I'm going to go back to that Giants Dallas game and I'm going to go Michael Gallup under 49 and a half yards. Michael Gallup blew up last week. He had, I don't want to say the game of his life because he's actually a great player. Yeah. he, they shouldn't have picked C.D. Lamb, even though CD's great. But uh, it's about the amount of targets that exist in the Cowboy offense. So it's minus 49 and a half. I believe since in the last eight games, he would have hit that eight times. Wow. Six times. Six times. Yeah. So <laughs> he's gone. He'll either go over. He'll be around 70 plus or he'll be around. 30 to 40. Yeah, I think since Dalton took over, he's preferred Gallup over uh, CeeDee Lamb, which has been nice. But yeah, like you're saying, Amari Cooper is still the number one guy there. Um, And yeah, the targets are hard to come by for him sometimes. Last week was a crazy game for him. It was a crazy game for him, but it was a pretty shaky eagle secondary i know darius slay made a nice pick but on the whole that secondary has woefully underperformed all season and now against the giants it's going to be a lower scoring game i think they're going to yeah. be playing through the running backs through their they're going to maybe be targeting james bradbury and i just don't see gallup doing it two weeks in a row. That's a high number that's influenced by his production last week. I don't see it. Yeah, totally. 
that was a caveat. I got another one I can go to because I admittedly spent too much time on that Giants one earlier in the show, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. How many do you have left? I think I have four left. I've got I've got four and a half, and I've got one for points bet to give. All right. So I'll go real quick. Um, this is a weird one. Raiders at Broncos. I'm taking the Raiders to be ahead at the end of the first half. Ooh. I've done this before with the Bronco game, and it worked out. The Broncos are terrible in the first half, like abysmal. They score seven, 7.9 points per, per first half of the season, and they average 20 points per game. So it's a pretty significant drop-off from whether they should be for first, first half scoring. Um, we've all watched Broncos games this year, especially last week. I bet on them to cover, and the first half was miserable to watch. They are such slow starters. You think they're going to lose. You think they're not going to cover in the first half. Second half, Drew Locke makes it his personal quest to cover the spread. And the Raiders are a bad finishing team. So I can see the Raiders jumping out to a lead first half. Broncos covering in the second. So I'll take the, the Raiders first half. Minus 112 money line. Yeah, and is there a chance you want to just support the Broncos money line for this game here? No, I do not trust them at all. All right. I just think the Raiders were a team that were founded upon coaching and culture, a team that's talent level is probably a little bit below Denver's, at least when fully healthy. And, you know, Oakland had a disappointing end of the season. Denver's been flirting with competency as it goes along. And Denver, I mean, Drew Locke gets gets criticized all the time. You know we love Drew here, but can we maybe share some of that criticism with Jerry Judy? He's had a bad he's had a rough year for sure. Yeah. He's had a rough year, especially when you consider that this was a historic class of wide receivers. He was the crown jewel of it. He's put with a strong-armed quarterback, and he's getting great separation. I mean, he's close to the NFL league leaders in drops. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen the statistics, but I remember 12 drops from Jerry Judy off the top of my head. Yeah. It looks like the Broncos are around plus 130 money line, which is like not enough incentive for me to take i would just take them with the points yeah and it, it would be very john gruden to sell his guys a false bill of goods about we need to show people that we grew and we became the raiders and it's like no nah, dog you pick third round defensive lineman fourth overall in the draft yeah <laughs> on here there's a reason your d-line sucks none of your guys can play three downs yeah what a train wreck the last two years the same exact story six and four they're gonna finish seven and nine or eight and eight Brutal. Brutal. Let's move on. Let's take a trip to the Seahawks 49er game. Where's this one taking place? Arizona, right? Yeah, Arizona. I wasn't sure. So the Rams game is going to be in SoFi? Oh, let me look now. Yeah, definitely wouldn't. There's This game definitely would not be in SoFi. No, but the if they're if they're playing in San Francisco, that means... 
that the Rams and Cardinals will be out in Inglewood near America's best chilies. <laughs> uh, is it is it America's best chilies? Yeah, um, I was really into chilies when I was a college student at the University of Southern California. I took my boss, who was from my work study there, to the Inglewood Chilies for his birthday, and the security guard of the Chilies wouldn't let us leave until we sang the whole store sang happy birthday to him so that's a good chilies that's a good chilies 100 percent. yeah the rams are playing in la okay so the rams are playing in la you've got russell wilson taking a trip to arizona for the division he can lock up some very big things against the san francisco defense that's finally going home against the San Francisco defense in which the D coordinator, I would, I'd be willing to wager that he is going to get the lion's job within (laughs) three days. I believe it's a two horse race at this point. So yeah. Yeah. I think the Niners are going to be a little distracted. I think Russell Wilson is going to, you know, be pretty committed to winning this game, trying to get that one seed. And there's no clock watching because Saints, Seahawks, Packers all play at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the way. Yeah, they really nailed the schedules this this week. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, one o'clock, it it leaves a little something to be desired. But the four o'clock slate is NFL Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So pumped. Yeah, so Russell Wilson over 250 yards is minus 114. Not bad. Not a not a terribly high number. Not a terribly high number. And if you include the fact that Lockett or Metcalf are going to break 130 yarder easily, then it's 220 yards. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 49ers are a weird team, man. They're a weird team, but I didn't really respect them going in this year. Even back in the pilot on days, I would kind of triumph their miss the playoff bet. And obviously Mm -hmm. that would have hit, but they've won my respect over the course of the year. Shanahan is an awesome coach. Yep. Play everyone in their division incredibly hard. Yep. And they're just an old school tough out. They got every break, but they still made it hard for you to the best of their abilities. Hats off to the Niners. Yeah. Likeable team. Next year, if they're healthy, very, very good team. Yeah, we're going to see Matthew Stafford in Burgundy one way or another. Washington, San Francisco, you start giving me those offers because I am the new GM. Congrats to me. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go to L.A. in this Cardinals-Rams game that's going to be disgusting to watch. Like, what a nightmare this is. What an absolute nightmare. Not that Jared Goff is good or anything. Like, I'm kind of excited to see John Walford see what he can do. Maybe he'll add a spark to this offense that's been terrible the last few weeks. But we're going to get crushed by the Cardinals. I'm going to be watching the Packers game more intently than I'm going to be watching the Rams game. Um, But in this game, I am taking Kyler Murray under 244 and a half passing yards. And the reason... It's the Rams defense and Kyler's hurt. Um, Last time we played against the Cardinals, Kyler went 21 of 39 for 173 yards. So we threw the ball 40 times for 173 yards. Um, Our defense is great against the pass. 
now that we have no offensive weapons, like Cooper Cup is out, obviously starting quarterbacks out. I think the defense is going to have to pick up the slack a little bit here, and they're going to play a really, really good game. I can see this game ending like Cardinals 17, Rams 13, or something disgusting like that. Um, yeah, I like the, and yeah, Kyler's leg is injured. I think the only reason he's playing this week, if this was like a week 10 game, he'd be sitting, but because it's a win and you're in game, he's playing. So don't love him this week. Don't love him that week, this week. And I'm just going to adapt your knowledge to my pick here. So rather than take the Kyler under yards, I like DeAndre Hopkins under 75 and a half yards. Yes. He's got Jalen Ramsey all over him. He's got an injured Kyler Murray at quarterback. And, you know, if they get up, they're just going to be running clock on the Rams. Who knows what Wolford will be. Interestingly about Wolford, you know, he last played like a lot of football in 2017 at Wake Forest, where interestingly his backup was Kendall Hinton, who we saw, you know, be given one of the other terrible late career starts for any quarterback. Yeah. But in that year, Wolford put up a perfect quarterback rating in the ACC. He's a baller, man. He, and he has played pro football before. Anybody out there who watched league. AAF, yeah, um, which I watched religiously. He was on the Arizona Hot Shots, best quarterback in the league. I think he led the AAF in in touchdown passes. He looked good, and the NFL is not too much harder than a semi-pro football league, right? No, and, and we, <laughs> we saw PJ Walker go from he looked good winning in the XFL XFL to beating the Rams. Can John Wolford? Yeah. Go from the AAF, three years to prepare, Sean McVay in your ear <laughs> against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, likely, I think uh, there will be a lot of scoreboard watching, and yeah. you might see these teams just punting it back and forth to each other for the entire second half. So, yeah, if the, Ram- if the Packers are up by 20 in the third quarter, the Rams will just... Take out every. Also, we don't have any running backs. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are hurt. So, I mean, Malcolm Brown, I couldn't find a number on Malcolm Brown, but maybe look for one of those. Yeah. So maybe you just, you take the cards here. You kind of figure that the Rams will lose this game, but it won't matter. That's my exact hope. I'm praying the Packers pull it off. If the, oh my God, dude. If the Bears beat the Packers in week 17 to keep the Rams out, you really think Mitchell Trubisky's beaten Aaron Rodgers with stakes on the table? I can't imagine that it happens, but because the Rams' playoff hopes are on the line, I feel like it will. I mean, I don't think it will. And if you do want to make money in that Bears-Packers game, do not take the Bears. Take David Montgomery. Montgomery to score a touchdown to score a touchdown at any point in the game. He's minus minus one thirty to score the first touchdown. He's plus 700. And I know they've been, it's all about Mitch. They're going to franchise Mitch. Mitch hasn't changed who he is. David Montgomery has, he's become the typical Chicago bears running back overnight. He's a little bit slow. He gets the ball 30 times and He's going to find his lane and run with a lot of toughness. He's been a very impressive player. He's been so good the last like six weeks. 
Yeah, I really like that pick. And I, to, to go off of that, I'm taking the Bears team total over 23. Ooh. I know. But the last five games, they're averaging 33 points per game. I don't think they've gone under 23 points since like Thanksgiving. Um, no, and yeah. even, even when they had losses after Thanksgiving, it was they put up 30 against the Lions and they had a bad break loss. Yep. So, yeah, the Bears offense, it's not as bad as you think. They, I have been getting in arguments about this all NFL season. I think they've got a top five receiver on the Bears. Yep. I think they've got a good positional coach for all their pass catchers. I just think they've got bad quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely terrible quarterbacks. Yeah, and this is the Props Network. We are the only outlet that will call someone terrible, that will point out when our team is going to lose because it's the we're the intelligent fans. We give you more well-researched, re- re- informative, and entertaining content than anyone around. So if you want to join us for this journey, and Steve, I think we got to repackage, have some way to cover the postseason together because we do great work yeah. here. All you got to do is sp- smash subscribe on that Props Network YouTube. Hit subscribe on any of the podcast logos you might be seeing. And then we're going to be coming at you every week with the best insights and analysis we have to offer. So Props Network, go to our site. Steve writes a blog where he, he picks every bet of the week. We have these awesome new future and line comparison tools. So if you are a gambler and... If you're watching this and you aren't a gambler, hi, mom. You know, the Props Network is just the ideal resource for someone like you. So hit subscribe, check out the page, and it'll benefit your wallet. Since I started using the odds comparison, I've actually been doing pretty well. So love to see it. Heck yeah. So I think our our, our homie Sam says he has one for us. I do. I have a special for you from PointsBet. You okay. came on so quickly with that. You were so ready. I've it's so it, this is such a fun prop that I've just been like ready to pounce on that button and present it to you too. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, as you know, we have Steelers Browns mm-hmm. coming up tomorrow, right? And this is the rematch of Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Points bet as a prop for that. So here you go. Miles Garrett. Will he have more sacks than Mason Rudolph? Will have touchdowns Ooh. in tomorrow's game plus two fifty if he does? No. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would say no too because the Steelers have absolutely no rushing game. I think if the Steelers score any touchdowns, it's Mason Rudolph. Yeah, and the Steelers—they're going to be smart, and they're not going to scheme him in such a way where they're cool with him getting hit six times. This is not the Bengals and Zach Taylor. The Steelers, they treat you like a human being, even if you are a backup quarterback. You know, it's not like, oh, Joe Burrow, you're the Bengals quarterback. You can get, you can get sacked eight times. They know Miles Garrett's there. They know the story and the narrative and how little there is to play for. This is the Steelers gritting one out. It's going to be a lot of three-step drops, a lot of timing routes to a receiving core that needs to get on track. So yeah, I don't think Miles is going to have a position, be in a position to generate pressure. But so fun, (laughs) so like (laughs) cheer for Miles Garrett to get like a last second sack if he's down by one. Okay, the price was like higher. I think if it was like plus three fifty or four hundred, it might be 
a worth little bit it just to have fun watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let, let's put out a line on this. So HBO, they announced today that they're going to ha- offer up an uncensored version of this Steelers Browns matchup. How much are you guys paying to listen to that field audio? Is that a real thing? Oh, you're just no, no, it's you're not. hypothetically. I wouldn't pay anything. If this was a game that mattered, I might for just for like the sake of like watching a cool football game with with the uh, audio that is full of people cussing each other out. But this game is going to be boring. What's well, going to so be a boring football game? Over under on mother effort said in the first quarter. Oh, 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're we're staying away from this one. So we're gonna vote. Are we both voting no on on Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph? Yeah, yeah. I think he'll probably throw two touchdowns, and that'll be enough to. to yeah, this. and Miles Garrett, like if the Browns are in in control, he is someone who kind of racks up those ticky tack injuries. So I don't know if he's someone he you get want. pulled. Yeah. Mm, yeah, he's not getting boy. a full usage, and he's yeah, not at all. There won't be the three, the big third downs. There won't be the usage rate. Mason Rudolph all the way. All right. Well, if if any of the viewers do want to bet this prop, just use code bonus props when you sign up at points bet and you get a big fat bonus. Carry on, fellows. Carry on, Johnson. One of the great pass blockers in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> That's what you want when you pick an SEC player of the year. <laughs> I got one more. How many do you have? I've got one more, my friend. All right. I'll do mine real quick. Um, in this Bucks Falcons game, I'm taking Rob Gronkowski to score a touchdown at plus 200. So that's, that's a good number for me, for him. Um, the Falcons have allowed 88 receptions for 916 yards and 10 touchdowns to tight ends this year. They're terrible against tight ends. Uh, last week, we saw Gronk score two touchdowns. He's also top 10 in the NFL in targets inside the 10-yard line. He gets a lot of red zone targets. So, And I know this is a connection that the Bucks probably want to have working come playoff time. You know, Mike Evans is a beast in the red zone. But to have another option in the red zone like Gronk, how do you defend two? I, I, I think he scores. And I would be with you there, but even last week, there was criticism of how much Gronk was playing. We know the Bucks are playing next week. We know they're going to be in a winning, winnable matchup against likely the NFC East winner. So I don't know what the incentive is to really bring Gronk out of the garage here, especially when you have so many able pass catchers who they've just kind of ignored all season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for that exact reason. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. Let's get this connection like down. Like, let's figure out some plays that will work in the playoffs. Yeah, and you might you might be right. I think um, I I am leaning towards a Tampa Bay route. I think Atlanta sort of emptied out the case last week against Kansas City, and there might not be too much left from that defensive scheme against Tampa. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I just worry that because when he scored that second half touchdown against the Lions, there was so much bitching from (laughs) Atlanta fans across the Tampa fans across my timeline in my, you know, threads. So 
I don't know. I'm a little worried about that. If it's a normal game, yeah, I love it. Week 17 with a showdown looming, I have some reservations. Yeah. I, I also think the Falcons keep this game close. Um, but I'm with you there. Either way, I mean, the Bucks are very capable of blowing them out. It's just the Falcons and the Bucks games always end up weird and close. Yeah, they always do. That's been the hallmark of the of the Falcons Bucks, but with all the people being ruled out of Saints and Panthers, maybe this is the game with 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 just a chalk outcome. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so that's that's an odd one. And let me go to my last pick here. We have the limping New England Patriots secondary, Ugh. and they are playing the Jets. And Sam Darnold has looked pretty good these past few weeks. Yeah. And the Jets, I mean, oh, they won a game versus the Rams. This is a four or five win team. We did the suck off to determine the worst team of all time together over the summer. Yeah. Jets just don't compare. No, they're they're like a decent not a decent team, but like compared to those teams, they would blow them out easily. Yeah, there's things they do. There's competencies in on both O lines. There's Sam Darnold getting the ball out well to a receiving core that has talent and 250 yards against the secondary that's missing Gilmore against a team that's packing it up. I would maybe even look on the points bet website for Darnold to hit a certain yardage number plus a Jets win. So yeah. his number is 250 at even odds. So if you look 200 yards plus a Jets win, that's something that should be available in like the plus 200 category. Yeah. So look for that. It's going to be a gr- disgusting game. Disgusting Worst game. game of the week. And I will not be watching. And it is hard to bet week 17. Yeah. It's... um. It, you, we have our process that works most weeks and week 17, given all the, the sit outs, all the people staying away, it can make us look like idiots. Yep. So in making my professional gambler video this week, I, I got rid of my own objective leanings, <laughs> subjective leanings. I'm in school. <laughs> and I just let the, the wheel of fortune Spin with me and let the universe take over my pick. So here's who the universe went with in week 17. Okay. Hi, I'm Joe Walkowski, and I am a professional gambler here for the Props Network. It's week 17. Things are crazy. Some people say you're better off flipping a coin. So we're going to do just that. Heads, I take Dallas by two and a half. Tails, I take the Giants. Uh, no. Dallas it is. All right, she goes toward the Starbucks. I'm taking the Niners. She goes towards the computer. I'm taking the Seahawks and the five points. All right, Russell Wilson in a must win. You love to see it. Hold this real quick. All right, Rochambeau, if I win, I take the Packers. If I lose, I take the Bears. Oh, paper covers rock and Packers will cover against the Bears. The gingerbread house is going off the balcony. If it breaks, I'm taking Washington. If it doesn't, Eagles it is. Washington it is. Enjoy the games. That's great. Yeah, I mean, luckily they bailed me out with picks I would have made anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances, dude? No, I mean, what are the odds? And I mean, (laughs) 
you do kind of have that process. I did this because we have those moments as a gambler. You play it every week, and then a week 17 hits, you're like, ah, how can I throw it? I'm just going to go random, and we never allow ourselves to quite go random. No, actually. no, no. It's about a journey of being right and being correct, and I honestly feel pretty good about week 17. Yeah, good for you. I feel I, like I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, so <laughs> no clue. Here are my plays for the weekend. Did you write an article this week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one o'clock slate. I have, I wanted a sweetener. I wanted to take the Cowboys money line. So I have two units Cowboys money line with Ravens money line, even odds. That's great. Yeah. Love that. I feel like that's a pretty good one. And then as. As, as the afternoon progresses, I'm sure I'll be tempted with a cu- couple other one o'clock games. I do have that waterfall parlay <laughs> built around Seahawks and Packers. When in doubt, put Russell and Aaron Rodgers together. It's the most I- likely outcome in the NFL. And yeah. then if it goes chalk, you know what? You're having a great Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So I have parlays all over the map. I wanted to pick teams that I thought were likely to win and a couple of games I just took out of my equations because they seemed too funky to me were the Colts and Jaguars and the Browns Steelers. I didn't want any and the 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 Dolphins and Bills as well. That yeah, that's the game that concerns me the most is the Dolphins Bills game because the Bills don't like what are they really playing for? Like a one seed. They can't get a bye. It's between being the two and the three, right? It is between being the two and the three, but isn't there just a weird character about Buffalo this year? You can't see them trying to set the precedent that they are the team to beat in their division moving forward. That's Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, they're scoreboard watching and they see that who who, if the Steelers lose, did the Bills take two? Is that how it works? Yeah, if the Steelers lose, the, the Bills take two. And yeah, so the, the Steelers are not playing anyone. So if they're scoreboard watching at the end of the first half and the Browns are up 24 nothing, which is probably not going to happen, but if the if the Browns are up big, why, why don't the Bills bench their players in the second half? Yeah, so maybe it is, and it's about, like, the if the Bills win this game, they can actually kind of affect their seeding by letting Miami in. It, yeah, and then playing them again and destroying them in the wildcard round. Yeah, because they were they're gonna get the lowest seed here on Sunday. And I think no matter what, Miami is the lowest seed. It's the AFC is so insane that I honestly don't know. All I know is if the Browns win, they're in. If the the Colts need a couple things to happen and they need to win. Same with the I think the Titans win and they're in. Dolphins, I think, need two teams to lose to get in. I I have it's it's insane. I don't I don't love seven teams in the playoffs also. I thought I'd be it'd be fun, but I'm not really in love with it. I'm I'm into it just because there's so much in the race. And right now the Dolphins are currently the five seed, so they can avoid them. Now, if everything goes chalk, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns all control their own destiny destiny. Yep. Bolts are on the bubble, so I mean if the Bills win this game, they're getting a date with the Colts. I don't think they want that. I think they want Tua slash Fitzpatrick over a pretty good assembly of players on defense. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's so, that's the thing. That makes that game impossible. Like I have no idea what to expect in the second half. The Bills bench might bench all their guys. Yeah, and this I can't get a line on this anywhere. It's finally out. Um, Chargers over Chiefs is a lock. I love that pick, dude. And I got them at minus two and a half. I think the Chargers, which is so disrespectful. Like the Chiefs are playing a whole backups, and they're only they're less than a field goal favorite. Yeah, do I take the chi- the Chargers minus three and a half for one ten or minus three for minus one forty? Oh, that's a huge jump in in juice. Yeah, I'll do I'll, I'll do thirty dollars on them minus three and a half. We'll do it. We'll make a one unit. Could be more, but just not our day. Yeah, man, that's gonna be a fun game. <laughs> That's going to be a blast. We're going to have a good time. And let's figure out a way to have these bets next week. Any locks from your article this week? Yeah, it was tricky. So I came up with some weird ones. So something I've been betting a lot this year has been, and this isn't on every book. This is on the book that I use. Jets first quarter team total points. It's typically just over 0.5. Oh, wow. This week I got it over 0.5 at minus 135 against the Patriots. That's loving it. Bet. And like the week 17, now's a great chance for you to try out some of these odd bets that you've never done before. Yeah. Well, this one I've sh- shamefully done pretty much every week since like week 10. <laughs> and it's it's hit in the last nine Jets games. And I think it might hit in 10. I think it's I think it will too. They're like really fast starters and then they just don't score the rest of the game. They're a really weird team. But that's one. I like the Ravens team total over 27. Love it. Um Vikings minus six against the Lions. And that's down to minus four and a half. So, so maybe I'll double up there and make another bet. Why is it going down? Because Dalvin went out? Yeah, because Dalvin's out because probably Stafford's confirmed playing now and Maybe just some smaller questions on the Lions, you know, supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah. And then I took like the under in the Jaguars Colts game because I'm not really sure what to expect there. Yeah. Cardinals minus two because the Rams are going to be a train wreck. Yeah. And I feel like you can just do big money line plays for Seattle, Green Bay. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be playing that Seattle money line. I cannot wait. I think that will be a very hearty play. And I think we're going to have a great Sunday. I'm happy to do it on the weekend with you. So let's yeah, enjoy these games and let's get back to it next week for the wild card. Heck yeah, that sounds great. All right. Well, Steve Clark, go to the propsnetwork.com and read his writing. He's going to be above 500 that's where he's been the whole year and we will be back putting out the professional gambler video tomorrow we'll be doing more content this week and we have nba daily picks coming in like 15 minutes nice so i'm 11 and 1 right now on the nba so wow white hot joel walkowski and it's my biggest challenge yet so let's get it oh yeah so for the props that work for steve clark and tpn the walk on this is joel walkowski Walking off.